Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to Jerry Talk, a podcast for modern caregivers juggling work, home, family, kids, and finances, all while caring for an aging parent or loved one. I'm your host, Kelly Adams, a certified senior advisor and founder and CEO of Beyond Home Care. We understand how stressful and overwhelming life can be, especially when caregiving is involved. Jerry Talk is here to provide you with resources, tools, and support to not only survive this season, but to thrive. This week on Jerry Talk, we're discussing creating your winning care team. Now, before you turn this episode off or gloss over it, hear me out. I'm going to say some things that every caregiver needs to hear. You can't do this alone. None of us can do this alone. You can't care for an aging parent or loved one completely alone. Let me back up. I guess you can, but you're going to kill yourself in the process. I firmly believe that we are meant to do life together, in community, by helping one another out. Granted, life doesn't always work that way. Multiple generations don't live in one home together anymore. And you're not always surrounded by family. But still, there are ways that you can create a care team to support and help you care for your loved one. So that's what we're talking about today, creating a winning care team. So I'm going to start off and use a sports analogy, and I'm probably going to completely butcher it, but being a primary caregiver is a lot like being the quarterback of a football team. I live in the South, and my husband is a football fanatic, so he's going to really love this analogy. But anyone who's played team sports understands the idea that teamwork is crucial in winning the game. As a quarterback, you can't be the end-all be-all to the team. It doesn't work that way, and you won't win in the long run. So being the primary caregiver and having a supportive care team is crucial. You know, as the quarterback or as the leader of the care team, you don't need to be the one that constantly runs the ball for touchdowns. You may not be the one that makes each reception or even blocks all the opponents, but you're the quarterback, the one that guides the plays. And anyone who's played team sports understands how crucial a team is to their quarterback and that each player brings their own strengths to the table. Each individual adds value in their own unique way. If you can think of your role as the primary family caregiver in relation to being the quarterback, it may really help you to relinquish that control and to accept the help. So in this episode, I'm going to take you through my four-step process to creating a winning care team. So step one is creating your roster. I want you to start by brainstorming all of the people in your life or in the life of the person that you're caring for who've either helped you in the past or have offered to help or you will know would jump in in the opportunity to help. In the first part of this exercise, we're just going to abandon all judgment. Maybe your sister says she wants to help, but every time you ask, she has an excuse. Or maybe the neighbor's constantly saying, let me know how I can help, but when mom fell last time, he was nowhere to be found. I need you to leave those thoughts behind and just brainstorm with me first. Grab a piece of paper and a pen, and I want you to draw a circle in the middle of the paper. It doesn't need to be too big. We're talking about three inches in diameter. Think about this as your main inner circle. 
the people that you rely on the most. I want you to write the names of the people who you know or your core. Maybe it's your best friend or mom's best friend, your spouse, whoever is part of your inner circle. It doesn't need to be too big. Most of us don't have really large inner circles. These are the people that always have your back, the ones that will help out in an instant. If you call them, they will be there. Then I want you to go a step further and draw a circle around your inner circle, maybe about two inches out. Think through the people who may not be your inner circle, but you can still count on. These can be friends. They can even be acquaintances of your senior. Maybe they're church members or neighbors. You may even include your siblings in this circle if they're not already in your inner circle. These are people that still have your back, but they just may not be your core people. Now, I want you to repeat the process one more time and draw one last big circle around those. These are your professionals, your resources, your physicians. Sometimes we don't think of these people as being part of our care team, but they are absolutely vital members, and you should really feel comfortable calling upon these people when you need them. So write their names in this last circle. Include your home health nurses, your social workers, elder law attorneys, anyone that you use as a resource in caring for your aging loved one. Now go back and look at your circles. Your inner circle, those are your core people. Make sure their names are in the very middle. Then your second circle, those are still important people in your group, but they may not just be your core folks. Those may be the neighbors, the church members, other support members. And then last are your professionals. Now I want you to keep this paper close as we go into step two. So step two is assessing the need. In episode nine, I talk all about how to start creating your care plan, and it starts with that assessment. So I really want you to go back and re-listen to that episode. But just to give you an overview, when I look at assessing a client's care, I'm really looking at six main categories. Safety, financial, estate and legal, food and nutrition, general health and medications are included in here and doctors, and then the social and spiritual aspect. So when you're organizing your care team, it's important to start with that assessment so that you have a really good idea of really what's even needed. Even if you're the one that's performing those tasks, we still need to look at them and assess the needs as a whole. So step one, we're creating that roster. Step two, go back and listen to episode eight, and we need to assess the need. And then step three, we're going to assess our team. So I'm going back to the football analogy. Bear with me. Players are picked for their roles on the team very intentionally. Think about the draft. Think about the different positions in a team. You don't wait until you're losing the game. Look into the stands, find the nearest fan, and give them the ball. Cross your fingers and hope for the best. (laughs) Okay, football analogy done. But I think you get where I'm going with this. You have to pick roles very intentionally. You don't need to put your brother in charge of mom's personal care if that's not what he's comfortable with or even what he's good at. Same goes with not asking the neighbor to take mom to a doctor if they don't have a reliable vehicle. Creating a care team is one of the most important steps that you can take as a caregiver, and it really needs to be done very intentionally. Thinking about the people in your corner who want to help, who voiced that they want to help. What are their unique skills and talents? 
you know, maybe your brother isn't good with personal care, but he can manage the house, make repairs, or even make sure the light bulbs and filters get changed once a month. Maybe your sister isn't a good cook, but she's really good with money and can manage mom's finances and bills. Mom's neighbor may be a good person to ask to bring dinner once a week so that she's got a hot meal. I know these may seem like really small or even menial tasks, but even small tasks can take up a lot of brain space. So I want you to take your circle diagram and your assessment categories and really start making some connections between the assessment tasks and the people who would best serve in those areas. Like I said before, I really believe that we're not meant to do this life alone. We're meant to be in community with one another, to bring our unique skills and talents to the table and to balance each other out. You know, I'll try not to get really woo-woo here, but I don't know when we decided in society that it's a sign of weakness to ask for help. When did we decide that, especially as women, we're supposed to keep clean houses, raise babies, work full-time, and care for our parents as they age, all by ourselves? Or is this just something that, as women, we decided was our duty? Hear me out. Now, you can absolutely have a clean house, raise your babies, work full-time, and provide amazing care for your aging parents. But the secret is that you cannot do it alone, and you really shouldn't be expected to. It's physically impossible and completely unrealistic, and it will take an irreversible toll on both you and your health. You're not superwoman. That's why we need a team. So just to review, step one is to create that roster. Step two is to assess the needs. Step three is to assess your team. And now we're on to step four, and possibly the hardest one of all, is to ask for help and assign responsibility. Do not skip this step. This step is so important. You can't leave roles up to chance. Don't expect that because someone has offered to help that they'll know what needs to be done. It is so important that we ask for a specific task to be done and give them specific expectations. So here's what that looks like. Let's go back to the neighbor who wants to help but just doesn't really know how to. You know she cooks because she brings mom a pound cake or some other kind of baked good pretty much once a week. So you could go to this neighbor and say, hey, I noticed that you like bringing mom baked goods, and that's so nice of you. You mentioned before that you'd like to help. How would you feel about bringing her a plate for dinner maybe twice a week? Is there a day that would work best for you? What about every Tuesday night, say around 530? Oh, that'd be great. Thank you so much. I'll touch base with you in a few weeks and just see how it's going. It's specific. It holds an expectation and you've said you'll follow up. I know what you're thinking. I hate to ask for help. I don't want to put anyone out. I'm the daughter. I need to be the one that does it. Secret number two, most people really want to help. They don't say, call me if you need anything, because it's the right thing to say. They say it because they want to help, but they have no idea how to. Think about it when the roles have been reversed, and you've said that to someone. Let me know how I can help. Did you mean it? Of course you did. If someone asked you to take your elderly neighbor a meal once a week, would you turn them down? No. I know I'd be happy to help someone, and it would bless me in return. I'm already cooking dinner. What's one more plate? 
It's the same reason why in the South, when someone passes away, we take casseroles and people are drowning in food. Most people want to do something. They want to help in some way, but they just don't know how. I've heard this saying so many times, and I I really wish I knew where it originated from, but it's something like, allowing someone to be a blessing to you blesses them in return. You would never want to keep someone from being a blessing. People really want to help. They just don't know how. And truthfully, in the time of a crisis, you're not going to know how either. That's why it's so important to think through this very intentionally before a crisis even occurs. Creating a care team is such an important step. It cannot be overlooked. So that's my four-step process to creating your care team, football analogies and all. Step one, creating the roster. Step two, assessing the need. Step three, assessing your team. And then step four, asking for help and assigning the responsibility. I hope this episode of Jerry Talk was helpful to you. Take a moment to share it with other caregivers who could use the encouragement and support. And I'd be so grateful if you would take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It really does help other people find Jerry Talk. Don't forget to check out all of the show notes for all the resources from this episode. I'm linking back to episode eight and even that safety checklist that I talked about. Join us again next week for another great episode of Jerry Talk. Until then, I hope you have a great week.